This is the Ezra Podcast, and it's good to be back. Take a little little break, slow things slow down to the end of the year. Holidays came and went, but we we got we have a pay per view fight to start the year, and it's the first one of what. If you're choosing, you know, if you can't see it, you're not paying attention. If you're choosing not to see it, you're choosing to have your eyes closed. The first of twelve pay per views that I believe PBC on Fox will throw this year, right? Because I think they're going to throw a pay-per-view every month. And I think the first one, which is an interesting choice to be the first one, I think that that wasn't the original plan to begin with. I think it was supposed to be Luis Ortiz or Charles Martin versus Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz had an injury, from what I'm hearing. So the reason, so they put the two opponents' options against each other in Luis Ortiz versus Charles Martin. And it's a card that people are very, very skeptical of. People... Um, or damn right negative of, and you you would have to think if you're gonna uh, do a monthly pay per view, this is not the way you would want to start it. But this is where we're at. This is where it's starting. Questions of how many pay per view buys it's gonna be, and, and all that. And you know those are fair questions, and it's gonna be interesting to see, right? If you could just put heavyweights, it's not like it's unheard of. It's been tried before. Uh, if you could just put heavyweights on a card and see if it sells. But let's get to the fight. That's what I do. I break down fights. I talk fights. I want to talk about what's going to happen, why it's going to happen, and what's going to happen after that. And when it comes to Luis Ortiz, who... Luis Ortiz, if he doesn't lose to Deontay Wilder, to me is, you know, at that point, I had him the top three heavyweight at that time. I always thought it was Joshua Wilder, Luis Ortiz. And, and sometimes that order switched on what order it was. And remember, the only losses he has is because of a vicious right hand from Deontay Wilder. On both losses. And if he doesn't have those, he's, no one's really ever been close with him in a fight. Now you have Charles Martin, who has already tried to taste the level, right, of Anthony Joshua, and of, of um, Wilder and Fury. And when he fought Anthony Joshua at that level, he, he was no match. He looked levels below it. But he has the highlight real knockout in the last fight against, you know, Gerald Washington. And I think he was on a card that was going to be, you know, heavyweight were the main event. Had some attention to it. And it, it, it had some highlight reel. Had some, uh, you know, had some retweet factor. Had some Instagram factor on it. Sure, it had that. Uh, you know, is there not a few guys that have looked impressive versus Gerald Washington. Yes, he's a guy that, you you know, if you have a guy that you consider, you know, trying to get some attention to, and you're going to put him on a card. Gerald Washington looks impressive, but he's not a very good fighter, and he's a guy that you can look impressive against. And that's what Charles Martin did. Now, he did in an impressive fashion. In a fight, though, somewhat boring, honestly, up until that one punch that he landed and knocked out uh, Washington. But the PPC is going to... Uh, Really, what you what they're putting out is one of these guys is gonna is gonna come out of there, and he's gonna be, you know, respectable after whoever wins this fight. Now, I think it's gonna be Luis Ortiz. I think that they kind of mirror each other in style, right? As far as like what they want to do, but Luis Ortiz is just technically so much better. Uh, his ability, his balance, his combinations, he, the range he can fight at any range. Luis Ortiz is legit heavyweight, and I guess what we're seeing here is what has age done to him. At this age, just late in his career, after two knockouts from Deontay Wilder, what has age done to him? What does he have left? Is it a big drop-off, diminish? Because if it isn't, and if someone similar to what we were getting, you're getting a top five heavyweight. And you're getting a guy that may be able to beat every other heavyweight in the world besides Deontay Wilder. 
which he was winning rounds against Deontay Wilder until he got landed with the big shot. And I think that this fight, it could be boring until it's not. But I think that's similar to a lot of heavyweight fights. It's just because they mirror each other so much and they're both kind of looking for the same shot. And a lot of the times, um, Charles Martin, if he can't find the shot, he kind of just goes stagnant. And Luis Ortiz is so smart that if he doesn't find the shot, he's like overly patient to, you know, to work his way into the perfect shot, to the perfect opportunity. And I can see, I can see a stagnant um, part in this fight, the first four or five rounds where it's kind of just two guys looking at each other, doing little feints to see if they can get into the range they need. But in those little opportunities, Luis Ortiz is just going to be faster to the draw than Charles Martin is. And Luis Ortiz has the right hand. When Charles Martin doesn't really have a right hand, he's really all left-handed. If it's Luis Ortiz that that I've seen before, Luis Ortiz, that the diminish has not been that much, if at all, right? He's going to win this fight hands down. He's going he's gonna to win it cleanly and clearly. And he might do it in an impressive fashion late in the fight. I'm going to pick Luis Ortiz in a decision in this fight because I just think that I think it just it could, it could be stagnant, but I think that we're going to be very clear. Luis Ortiz is the better fighter, and maybe the matchup was wrong for him in this fight, but the skill level is still there, and he's still going to be interesting against any person. And I think that if he's what Luis Ortiz was, he's a threat towards anyone. And PBC is behind him, and they're willing to put him in a pay per view main event. Then they're going to put him in the right fight that he needs to be at to really prove himself, and just avoid Deontay Wilder. The counter for Charles Martin. In this fight is, you know, he's going to have to get going. He can't just be waiting because I don't think he has the skill to put Luis Ortiz where he wants him. He's kind of just going to have to take the chances when they're there. Let the hand, left hand go. Get Be busy. Be active. And put Luis Ortiz in a shell. And if he has some age some slow, uh, and he's slowed down a little bit, it's going to take him some time to adjust to, you know, the timing of his punches because he's got used to being in the ring like that. And remember, his last fight only went one round and it gets an opponent that isn't very good. So we don't. he doesn't really know... What he is still in a live action fight like that, test him. Dare to be great in this fight with Charles Martin. But if you're going to try to, you know, when you have someone with the, if he's going to be true with himself, he's going to be honest with himself. If you have someone that does your style, but he's better at it than you, you're going to have to take some chances in there. He's going to have to let the left hand go. He's going to have to try to uh, force the pace a little bit in this fight and not get in a staring contest. He does not want to be in a staring contest. Coming event of this fight, you got Frank Sanchez, and Frank Sanchez was uh, supposed to fight another guy, Negron, who was going to be a highlight reel knockout for him, because that's what Negron is. Negron is a big, giant guy that crumbles when you hit him. Negron tests positive for COVID. Everyone's tested positive for COVID. So the in comes replacing uh, Christian Hammer, and um, Christian Hammer is a better fighter than Negron. He's not good enough to test Frank Sanchez, and I think that you might get. A worse fight for it because at least you were going to get the highlight roll knockout in the last fight in the with the last matchup now with this one i think you're going to get christian hammer who comes forward but is kind of cautious so kind of stay home and frank sanchez who is defensive minded first he's a defensive fighter first his mentality his instincts are defense first i think he'll take his chances as, you know i think he'll make sure he's winning the rounds but i don't know if he's going to go all out and look as impressive he did against the Jogba who gave him those openings. 
Chris Happy will go forward, but he's kind of like, he's not like he's um, blitzing you, or it's not like he's forcing the pace. He, he comes forward, but he, he keeps a high guard and a tight guard. I think that Frank Sanchez clearly outscores um, him in this fight, outpoints him, outboxes him, moves around the ring. But I don't know if he's going to have enough opportunities to look impressive in this fight. I don't think Christian Hammer is going to take enough opportunities to look impressive in this fight. And I'm not sure if Hammer was on the card. I think he might have just been a guy that they could bring in for this fight. And I think that he's the kind of guy, especially if he wasn't looking to fight recently or, you know, wasn't trained for this fight. I just think that he's the kind of guy that could just be in there to go rounds. Now, when it comes to Frank Sanchez, and I was saying this uh, earlier this week, is no one has changed my mind more right a bigger flip more on what he could be than frank sanchez did in 2021 i thought frank sanchez was just going to be like a mid-level contender and never ever be able to be any of the top guys um just always have unimpressive performances and then when he did an fa at jog bait he, he really showed that he kind of brings something to the table that you know it's funny because all these like weight divisions and heavyweight is so vast on the sizes and the the guys it reminds me of like the nba you know, you go through like the big man era in the 90s, right? You need a center. You're going to win. You got to have a big man in the post. Uh, Tim Duncan, Shaq, David Robinson. And then you go to like 2000s, like you need a shooting guard that could control the ball, right? He'd get the ball at all, any time and get points for you. And then we're at the point now where it's like you need three-point shooting. You have to have range. You got to be able to spread the floor. We were in the era of the big man. You had Dante Wilder, right? And I know that Dante Wilder is only 218 pounds at most points, but he's the heavy he's very tall very long and hits harder than any man ever probably ever hit in boxing you have tyson fury who's a giant humongous man and can box and do all these things that a big man's never really been able to do before at that level and you have giant Anthony joshua who's just a giant well-rounded fighter and before that you had the klitschko so it was like the it was the era of the big man the big giant men of the sport and it kind of looked like Oh, like in the smaller heavyweights, you had like the Vanders, um, uh, not Rigbo, um, Michael Moore. Those guys, they weren't. It wasn't going to be. They weren't going to be able to be around anymore because you had a big man that could do what they were doing, and the big a good big man is always going to be a good little man. But then here comes Usyk, right? And here comes the a wave of cruiserweight fighters are going to become like a Coley, right? Like Bradis, um. You have a uh, Jared Anderson who's not a, a massive heavyweight, and then here, here comes Frank Sanchez, and it looks like when you think it's the heir of the big man, the heavyweight division might be dropping down in size a little bit, and it might be these guys that could box around the ring and do a lot of things and be slick and be fast. That's what I think Frank Sanchez could be. From what I've seen against uh, a jogway, Frank Sanchez could be the heavyweight champ of the world, and he could be any of the guys I just named, because he brings so so different than what everybody's doing. He brings to the table. And especially Tyson Fury isn't as in shape and can move around the ring like he, he used to, right? Before he got uh, found in love with his power. Frank Sanchez could be a problem for anyone. So I'm, I am I want to see Frank Sanchez fight. I think this, the first matchup, I don't know if it was a, you know, I didn't get the matchup for him, honestly. I thought he was at the point to start fighting legit contenders. It looked like it was just a stay busy fight. Um, maybe it was hope, they were hoping for a highlight for him. He needs to take advantage of this moment. And I know it's you, you. the point is to win the fight, yes. But in a pay-per-view that people are already down on, right? And you have the co-main event. He needs to take advantage of that spotlight. And to say, look, I'm here now. 
I'm dominant. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do when I'm ready for the top guys. This is that opportunity. Late replacement, none, all that, none of that matters. He needs to show that he's ready for it. Put me in with anyone in the world. I'm ready to go now. Um, the same thing with the, you know, the counter, right? I'm going to take Frank Sanchez in this fight. I'm taking a decision. Um, he's just, he's too good to be, you know, hit by Hammer. Hammer's just kind of a straightforward fighter that loops the right, loops the left, and has a close guard. He's come forward, but Frank's going to be able to turn him whenever he wants. And once he turns him, Frank, uh, Hammer has to reset. He's that type of fighter. Frank Sanchez is going to win a decision in this fight. It's going to be fairly easy for him. I think he needs to be more impressive than that. I'm hoping he's more impressive than that to just, you know, take the easy decision. And I hope he's there to make a point, prove a point. Um, for Hammer, you know, Frank Sanchez has not been training for you. He's been training for a really tall guy. You're a short guy, a wide guy. Activity is going to be important. When, the, when you get into fights like this, activity is so important. And when you're outskilled or that, he needs to put the pressure on, but don't just put the pressure to hold. Put the pressure to work and really up the pace on this fight, which might be hard because I don't know if he was training for a fight. So we're going to see. That's the only way, though. He he really is outgunned here, skill-wise, tech, uh, you know, ring IQ, uh technical ability frank sanchez owns it all in this fight should be easy night at work but what is frank sanchez trying to prove this year to start the year what is he trying to prove on the uh undercard you have johnny rice in a rematch versus michael coffee johnny rice with a uh, big upset versus michael coffee in their first fight and um and john, johnny rice was you know kind of when you fought jog bait it was actually you know, it seemed like just a easy win for Jog Bay, just getting the rounds right. But if you kind of go back and look at it after the win with Mike Coffey, he did good stuff in there, Johnny Rice did. He just wasn't consistent enough. And he could be the, you know, at that point of his career, the guy that just kind of accepts that he's the B-side and he's there to lose and not there win and just get the rounds and not get knocked out. But when he went in there with Coffey, that wasn't when he, well, first of all, he was the late replacement in that fight. Which, you know, sometimes could flip things on his head. But he, he was more consistent. And he went in with the mentality that he could win the fight. And when he had that, Michael Coffey wasn't in a position to make any of the adjustments needed in that fight to turn it back around in his favor. And when Johnny Rice started flowing and he might be a front runner, if he could get a few rounds on he just took over the fight and started putting, you know, pretty big shots on Coffey. What is Coffee going to do in this fight to change it? Because Coffee fights in a Philly shell, peak, uh, you know, he rolls off the punches, shoulder rolls punches and stuff like that, but he's very slow footed. He's like cinder blocks around his feet. He doesn't make up for a lot of space. And the thing with Johnny Rice is he's humongous and he's long and he, he could kind of move around the ring. He's kind of light on his feet. So Mike Coffee's got to make up for that. He's got to make ground up somehow. If that's making Johnny Rice miss and countering, Right, using his aggression against him, or somehow forcing cutting Johnny Rice off. But Michael Coffey's got slow feet, so my theory is is that he's got to go to like a peekaboo style. He's got to put his hands up, put the earmuffs up, and move forward, and not let Johnny Rice just move around the ring and control the, uh, you know, walk around the ring as he as he pleases. You got to make him uncomfortable, and you got to make him work, and you got to make him seem. You got to. Remind him that he's the B-side fighter, that he's okay with losing. He's been like that his whole career. Can he remind him of who he was? Or does Johnny Rice now have the confidence 
that he needed when he saw the glimpses, right, against a jog bay, glimpses and sparring against really good guys, that he could possibly be something. This is probably, honestly, the most interesting fight in the card. But I think you'll know really early, by the adjustments that Coffee makes, if he can be, if he can win this fight. Because if he's just shoulder rolling, and he's, um, you know, defensive-minded and kind of letting Johnny Rice work, he's going to lose the fight because he will not be able to make up the ground enough to cut off the distance and land punches. But if he has in his mentality that when Johnny Rice misses, he's going to attack, or he's going to put a shoulder, he's going to put his guard up, and pressure and go forward towards Johnny Rice. Then you're going to have a very interesting fight. I'm going to go with Johnny Rice in this fight. Because Michael Coffey is going to have to change his whole personality in this fight. He's going to have to change his whole mentality. Everything he does, he's going to have to change. I don't like to bet on things that I've never seen you do before. And I know what Johnny Rice, I know what Johnny Rice does. He knows what he does. And if he does it, just like last fight, this could be very similar. So that's the whole card this weekend. Um... Getting back into 2022, gonna have a video podcast this Saturday. Gotta attack the YouTube, gotta get that going. Thank you guys for listening. Once again, I'm gonna be bringing a podcast every week on this. We're gonna be talking MMA, we're gonna be talking boxing, we're gonna be talking fighting. That's all I wanna do. Let's talk fights. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Ezra Podcast.